Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. I really wasn't sure about this at the start. But then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. She said, think of it more as a conversation. I like that. But I'm already finding out on my own. So it's wiping the walls out between you and me. And I really like that. It allows us into each other's worlds. Or I guess in my case, the hotel room. When I think about things I want to post, I want to post cool stuff. Slick stuff. Neat stuff. But most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff like this. Because it's just who I am. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Uh, it is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. This is part two 
of episode 51. It is Friday, folks. We made it. We made it. We worked so hard. And we are now here at the weekend. So let's go into the weekend together into a beautiful, beautiful weekend by recapping some of our favorite Bravo shows. Uh, Let's get some business out of the way. That was, of course, uh, ACDC with their hit song, Thunderstruck from the 80s, I think. I don't know. But you guys, that is one of my biggest pump-up songs. Like, you have those songs that you play that just pump you up if you're, like, exercising or, like, it's, like, it just really, I mean, I usually start with a Bravo song, but I had to start with Thunderstruck just to get the energy going, get the energy going within myself, folks. It is so hot in Los Angeles. How hot is it, Ryan? It's so hot that I am recording at my friend's house who has air conditioning because I don't have air conditioning in my room, and it's like the face of hell. It's literally like what I imagined. Like, at one point, I thought I died, and I went to hell, and I'm like, this is what hell is. It's just literally a second-floor room in West Hollywood. Um, So I am over here in in glorious air conditioning trying to... Oof, folks, oof. I think I might be a little hungover too. I don't, you know, anyways, that's not important. But what is important, we also started off with one of my favorites. If you're new to the show, Garth Brooks means so much to me, you guys. Garth, hey, Garth's here. Hey, hey, how's everybody doing? So that is Garth Brooks. You heard the start of the show. That is Garth Brooks in his only, like he can, is Garth Brooks intensity trying out Facebook for the first time. And just to reiterate my mission statement, it's to take everything as intensely as Garth Brooks does. I want to live my life like Garth Brooks. I want to live my life where everything, I do it to the best of my ability like Garth Brooks does. If we're on Facebook for the first time, he's going to make it the best Facebook he's ever done. And I'm going to do that with podcasting. I'm going to make it the best podcast you've ever listened to. I'm going to make it the longest podcast you've ever listened to. I That is my pledge to you guys. Of course, part one, I don't know if you actually got into it yet. We had an extended interview with my parents, and I did a big hour-long recap of Real Housewives of New York. Um, because what I think of recaps, and we're doing those more and more on this show, is, like I said uh, on part one, they are it's like a visual tailgate party. A ver- no, a verbal. It's like uh, an audio... Vi- what did I say? An auditory? It's some kind of like, you know, an auditory tailgate party for your ears to get you prepped for the next episode of these shows. There's so much detail that goes into these shows. We need to talk about it. We need to study these like the Torah. This is the Da Vinci Code. We can find out answers by studying these scenes. And I've done it for you guys. So all you have to do is listen. You can agree. You can disagree. Like I said on part one, you can like, hey, you can like Lisa Rinna if you want to. I think it's the wrong choice in this day and age. But please, by all means, everybody, can, if you want to like Teddy, I don't understand you, but I, I support your right to like Teddy. Do you understand that? I want everybody to, hey, let's just all party together, you know? Like we all, I, you know, they say there's somebody for everybody out there. That's what, you know, my mom always told me when I would cry, I would be like, Rachel Beaker didn't like me at school today. That was like my school crush. And she, she, you know, I was so in love with her. But anyway, that, that's what, you know, like, oh, don't worry. There's so many fish in the sea. 
that's like these characters, you know, we can all have our favorite Beatle, you know, even even people like Ringo in the Beatles and Ringo just was, you know, he's weird looking. Um, so today we have a, a crazy recap show for you. We are doing this week's episode of Below Deck Med, which was insane. Folks, if you're not watching Below Deck Med, I got to tell you what's wrong with you that I can't that I do have to sit you down and go, hey, look at me. Is something going on at home? Why are you not watching Below Deck Med? Is there something happening where you're scared of watching people on a yacht? Because it is one of the best shows on Bravo right now. And actually, weirdly enough, the highest rated show on Below Deck Med. Erica Jane will say Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, it may be in total viewers, but in actually demographic and size, Below Deck Med, shockingly, is the number one show on Bravo. It's like snuck under the radar, folks. And I tell you, it gives you everything that you want. So we're going to recap Below Deck Med this week. We're going to recap last week's Beverly Hills, because I watched this week, folks, and woo-doggy. Oh my God, I feel like I'm being just as annoying as Lisa Renna does in those dancing videos. Did you see, if you guys go follow me on Instagram, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, I posted a thing where Lisa Renna is dancing for her life on these things now. Like she's bruising her legs. And I know people don't like, some of you people, some of you listeners that I really love don't like when I make fun of Lisa Renna's dancing. It's just the amount of dancing now. She looks bruised on her legs, and it looks like she's fighting for her life. It looks like she's, like, dancing to prove something. And it's like, oh, my God, like, give up the ghost. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's, it's uh, I, I can't dance. Lisa can dance a little bit. I, I, I she's very pliable. There, I, I, I said at one point I was afraid she was going to break a hip. I don't mean that as a skinny thing. Like, I mean that as, like, I have knee problems. If I dance like that, my knee would just literally fall apart. So I can't even do it. I'm making fun of myself when I make fun of that. But it literally looks like she's dancing like at the end of Little Miss Sunshine with that little cute girl. And she starts dancing and she's doing all these weird moves and it makes you feel uncomfortable. That's what Lisa Rinna dancing on these Instagrams are like sometimes. It's like Little Miss Rinna. Little Miss Rinna. It's Little Miss Rinna where you're just like girl, are you okay? Like, are you, who's doing this? Who's running the camera? Like, I want to see that. I want to see the behind the scenes of setting up for these dancing videos, of her propping her, her cell phone up against something of like, do you think this will capture the magic of my hip thrusting? Also, I feel uncomfortable even using the word thrusting, but watching a Lisa Rinna dance video on Instagram, you're going to see a lot of thrusting. I don't suggest you watch it like as a family thing. Like I like to watch most of my Instagrams or with a fan. It's like a family thing. And Lisa Rinna's, but anyways, like this week it's gotten so extreme. She's like, she's like, I'm going to dance for my life. You know what I'm saying? It's just a lot. So we're going to go over last week's uh, episode. Not this week. That'll be next week. You guys, we got to get it together. Okay, so next week we're going back to a normal uh, release pattern. We'll be back on Wednesday uh, with the full with the full shebang. We got interviews coming your way. We got bits. It's going to be incredible. Uh, I think I'm one of the only long-form podcasts out there. If you like four-hour, four- to five-hour podcasts, this is your peanut butter and jelly, you guys. Um, and this week, if you didn't, I know um, Wednesday's episode or Thursday's episode was like two and a half hours. This will probably be two hours. Just listen to them back to back. You got one long episode. It's totally easy. Also, if you need more from me, uh, check out my Patreon. We're recapping Selling Sunset on there. Uh, that should be out tomorrow, Saturday. 
I just watched two episodes of Selling Sunset and took detailed notes. But what's cool is that once you join, there's going to be all of this other, uh, all these other podcasts that you can pick and choose around. Um, and we're just going to keep adding to those. So when you do decide to join, and hopefully you will decide to join, because I do want things like air conditioning and basic health care, uh, it's there for you. And uh, if you want me to recap other things, just holler at me. Like, do it. Like, if you, I think uh, tomorrow too, I'm gonna like kind of reveal some of the guests that I've been working on and some of the near misses. Um, uh, like I always say on these, if you do have connections to Bravo people or any kind of celebrities, any kind of pop culture people, throw them my way. I guarantee you, I will give that person a fair interview. It will be fun for them. I know I can be extremely goofy on these. I, I trust me, it will be be very, very, uh, it'll be a good interview. Trust me. I'm not a confident person, but I am confident in that. Uh, also shout out to Michelle. Uh, one of our listeners is an actual writer and she is writing an article, uh, that I believe I I don't want to say for what, but I'm a part of that article and I'm so, so excited. I can't wait, uh, for you guys. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait for you guys to read it. It's so cool that we're, we're doing this. You guys, we're doing this. You know who else is doing it? Garth Brooks. Hey, guys. Hey. You guys excited? It's Friday. Let's, hey. You gonna have the best weekend ever? <laughs> hey. You wanna do cool stuff this weekend? Slick stuff? Hey, do you mind if we break that down one more time? I know we do this a lot, but it just gets me going. So we're gonna do this. We're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna do it, okay? And we're gonna have the best time. Because Garth Brooks is going to lead us into this weekend. Five, four, three two one well i guess it's official well i guess it's official we're about to have the best weekend of our lives <laughs> i love how he starts off like, well i guess it's official and his voice kind of goes i guess it's official <laughs> well i guess it's official and i gotta put i put this on my instagram stories but i need to paint the picture for you guys he is alone in a dimly lit hotel room where he's like <laughs> just like hey randy it's like, I imagine it's three in the morning. He's stone cold sober, but something's, something's off. Like, I feel like he's like on ayahuasca or something. And he's like, Randy, I got to let the people know about Facebook. Let's do it, Randy. Put a little bit of light on my face, but leave me half in shadows. Make it the most intense thing that I've ever done in my life. Well, I guess it's official. You found me. <laughs> you, fa- you found old Garth. He's been on the run from the law. But now he's ready to he's ready to join Facebook. We're now on Facebook. I got a crack staff of people and they did something special and they were able to get us on Facebook. I got a real uh Mark Zuckerberg's and uh real high tech stuff. So uh we're on here now, folks. We we we're on here. I can friend request people, people can friend request me. Uh it's very exciting looking to the future. I really wasn't sure about this at the start. But then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. She said, think of it more as a conversation. I like that. Hey, what's wrong, Garth? I don't know. I was thinking about joining the old Book of Face. I don't know, though. I'm so confused up in my old noggin. What should I think about it like? Well, Garth, I've always thought about it like a conversation. Huh. A conversation. I like that. <laughs> it's literally like, it's literally like right before the murderer kills you. It's like, I like that. 
<laughs> and who are these? I swear to God, the friend that told him this is an imaginary friend. It's like, hey, Harvey. And like nobody can see Harvey. Harvey's my imaginary friend, y'all. Harvey, what do you think about Twitter? Should I get on MySpace, Harvey? Harvey, would I be in your top nine on MySpace as friends? <laughs> Harvey, how should I think about the old book of face? Ooh, like a conversation? I like that. But I'm already finding out on my own. So it's wiping the walls out between you and me. And I really like that. I like how he said what I'm finding out on my own. He's like, nobody helped me find this out but old Garth. Old Garth found this out on his lonesome. <laughs> hey, hey, Mom, I'm, sc- Mom, I'm scared. Garth Brooks says he wants to wipe the walls out between us. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I want to wipe the walls out between us. No, no, please put back the walls. I don't, I don't feel, un- I don't feel comfortable. Garth Brooks in here without walls. Help me. I like that. Garth, please stop. Don't put back up the walls. I want the walls of communication up. No, walls are down. You got old Garth. Facebook, yeah. I like that. Hey, Garth, um, my, uh, my son's playing around on old Facebook, and I noticed uh, you guys are friends, and he came to me and said you wanted to wipe the walls of communication down. And I got to tell you, Garth, we're... We're really worried about him. We would love to, uh, we'd love if you chill. I can't chill. I want to communicate with everybody in the most intense fashion out there. And that's Facebook. It allows us into each other's worlds, or I guess in my case, the hotel room. Or in my case, this prison cell. <laughs> or in my case, this hotel room. Room service. Room. Go away. I'm talking to my Facebook people. Go away. Randy, do you got a clear shot of my head? I want them to know it's me, old Garth, wanted to be friends with them on the book of face. Please, please be my friend. Please accept my friend request. Ooh, what's this? People you may know. Ooh, looky, looky. <laughs> You just hear people like, let me out, Garth, let me out. You shut up. You shut up. When I think. I like that. He goes, when I think, when I think. When I think about things I want to post, I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. Oh, no. (laughs) Garth, Garth wants to post slick stuff. Hey, hey, Randy, does this look slick enough for you? I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff, round stuff, meat stuff, vegetable stuff, cloud stuff, cool stuff, radical stuff, sad stuff, little sad stuff. (laughs) I want to post stuff about unicorns and Candylands. I love thinking about Garth Brooks. It takes like days for him to post. He's like, damn it, is this slick enough? For old Garth. Ooh, what if I shared this meme about Joe Biden? Is that slick enough? Or is it cool enough? Could it be cool slick? Click? (laughs) But most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff like this. It's going to be raw stuff like this. And then there's a picture of him like with like a Stetson hat on and nothing else. And he's like back to the camera and he turns around. He's like, oops, oopsie. Raw stuff. This is just who I am. That's just 
who I am. Who am Who am I? Randy. Randy, who am I? Randy, tell me. Let me go to sleep, Garth. No, Randy, tell me. Who am I? Garth, it's just Facebook. No, you're just Facebook. Tell me who I am, Randy. I don't know, Garth. I want to sleep. No, please tell me who I am. I want to post raw stuff. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Wouldn't it be amazing if he does post something? He's like, let the conversation begin. And literally nobody ever starts a conversation with him on Facebook. They're like, who is? No, I'm good. I'm good. He's like, I'm waiting for the conversation to begin. I would love the conversation to begin. Randy, could you just post something just to make sure it's working? Randy, please. I don't know if it's... Could you come? Okay, it is working. Okay, so maybe people can see. Okay, why people... Why Why do you think people aren't commenting, Randy? Do you think I'm too intense? Is he... You think that... Ooh. Can't just... You know, you can't watch a a kettle boil, right? What's that that phrase, Randy? Uh... (laughs) That is, uh, that, that, that is Garth Brooks. People might, might think I'm making fun of Garth Brooks, and I am, but I do want to express again how much I genuinely, genuinely love Garth Brooks. One of my listeners, I, blah, I don't have her name right now, she sent me a Garth Brooks t-shirt, and it is the coolest thing. Like, I proudly wear that. I proudly wear that. Like, I, I, I'm obsessed still with Garth Brooks. I love him so much. He makes me so happy. And the reason I make fun of this is because I'm jealous of it. I want to be this intense about everything I do. Like, you need to watch the Garth Brooks documentary on Netflix, you guys. It's two parts. It's like five hours. It's awesome. It is awesome. I, I can't even stress enough how awesome it is. Uh, but I wanted to start that. I wanted to be silly right out of the gate. Get this party started. You know what else was a party this week? Let's start with a little below deck med. If everybody had a across the USA, then everybody be served like California. Uh, let's start off <clears throat> with Below Deck Med in a very chill fashion. Fuck you, Malia, and fuck you, Captain Sandy Yawn. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you, Sandy and Malia? You. <clears throat> I'm like literally turning into the Hulk right now. I am furious. Malia, you know. By the way, okay, yes. And if, if you any if anybody even comes at me with maritime law, I have studied maritime law all week. I'm done with maritime law. Maritime law says you are a dork, Malia. That's you are a dork, dork, dork. And Sandy yawn because you're a bore. How dare all up in everybody's business, Sandy? I loved you, Sandy. What did you do? Why did you do this? Oh, it's furious, but I do think it is one of the most watchable shows on TV right now. And people were like, after this week, they're like, uh, I'm not going to watch ever again. Are you crazy? Yeah, I will watch until I will watch it for the rest of my life. That show has my heart now. It is so intense and it's going to get even intenser. I, it's, I, anybody out there in the yachting industry want to talk to me? Because it seems like, is there this much turnover in the yachting industry? I feel unsafe with the amount, like, is it? 
it looks, I, do you know what I'm saying? Like there seems to be an awful lot of turnover for a very, like the job is like what it is. There's not a lot of, you know, I guess it's hard to cook food, but there shouldn't be this much turnover. It feels like if you're in the yachting industry, you should know what's up. But I mean, I am furious. And by the way, you can be like, Malia hides behind maritime law. Malia knew. Okay, so you guys that don't watch Below Deck Med, why are you? You're probably not even listening then. But if you do watch Below Deck Med, she knew about this volume earlier in the season. Why didn't she say it then? I feel like Malia needs to be kicked off for not telling us earlier because she knew it earlier. She chose to take that picture and reveal it once they had a fight about the cabins because she couldn't get dicked down by Tom because Hannah didn't want a room with Bugsy. That's ridiculous. And we all know that's what it is. So don't hide behind maritime law when it's convenient for you. And also, volume and a CBD pen. I think she had a prescription. By the way, at the end of the day, yes, Hannah is wrong for doing that. But also at the end of the day, you work with people and you make allowances at no point. Like Hannah had a panic attack. It's fucking, it's her private time. What? I mean, I just, I just don't get it. There was never an unsafe moment. There's a more unsafe moment with all those quacks. Do you think a panic attack and somebody trying to finger bang in a fucking cabin? Like that's what would worry me. If I hear Tom and Malia trying to get hot and heavy in one of those tiny cabins, that makes me feel unsafe. How about that, Malia? You're gross and your boyfriend's gross too. It's that perfect couple that think they're so perfect together. We know those couples, folks, that think they're so cool for school and they're better than everybody else. They're like, I've studied with the top shifts. I don't care, dude. By the way, also, we saw in this episode, Tom really does suck at cooking, and we bet we're missing those Kiko nachos now, huh? Sorry, I know you're like, this is too intense. I know, you guys. I'm sorry, but it just, it got me so, it made, but I, at the end of the day, it did make me feel. It made me feel. I feel alive when I watch this show, and that's all we can ask for, right? So, let's paint this picture. Let's recap Below Deck Med. This, uh... This is called There's No Place Like Home. Uh, I'm assuming they make it's like a Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Uh, when a, Kiko was let go the episode before, poor, poor Kiko. Just his beautiful tears shining down, his smiling, beautiful face. You know, uh, unfortunately, Hannah had misguided him in what a Vegas buffet looked like. A little too many fried foods. And Sandy was just not having it. And I just, but Sandy literally is in the kitchen of like, you need to go now. It, it Sandy, for all like for all she talks about, like teamwork and do it, she seems like she's very uncomfortable with giving over the reins to anybody. So she's one of those people that hovers over you the whole time. So you're not going to produce your best work there. And she acts all like she's like, hey, you know, just cook your food. Hey, hey, look at cook your food. Hey, cook your food. Who wants to cook their food when somebody's standing over them? It makes zero sense. That's not how you tell somebody to cook their food. You know how I know to cook my food? When somebody leaves me the fuck alone, then I'll cook my food. Prime cooking your own food time is when you're left the fuck alone. Dude, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If I have a lot of lady listeners with husbands. If your husband is in the kitchen while you're making your own food, that means he doesn't try. You sit the fuck down and watch your shows. You know what? I'm in here. This is my kitchen right now. Don't tell me to cook my food when you're in my food cooking space, says somebody that actually doesn't really even know how to cook. I love bag salads from Trader Joe's. Um, Southwestern chicken, uh, not Southwestern chop salad. Ugh. 
hats off to whoever bags those salads. You're just, it means the world to me, that salad. Um, so we ended last week, Malia taking pictures of the drug. She laid it out. She's like, this is a cute little arrangement. She's like, I'll put the CBD pin here. Should I put the volume right here? And then she clicked. She's like, God damn it. Like she was like put out by having to take stuff out of Hannah's purse, arrange it, and then send that photo to Captain Sandy. So we, we end with Captain Sandy going, oh, man. Oh, and, and Hannah comes in and is like, uh, is this, is this towel yours? And he's like, she's like, perfect timing. Come in, come, you know, sit down, sit down. So something I've been reading about below deck is that there are people that we don't see. So remember the crew lives on this luxury yacht as well. Plus we have a first mate, David, who is not on the show. The first mate is actually directly underneath Captain Sandy on. We just never see David, the first mate on camera. It's like a safety thing. So the bosun isn't directly, but you know, Malia is the bosun. So David outranks the bosun, all this. But this, we actually see David because Sandy's like, we got to do this by the book. I've never seen a drug addict like this in my life. Oh my God, we're, uh, we're, we're running drugs. Uh. And so David, like, they're all like, let's, let's open the rule book. And oh my God, you know, so David, the first mate, we see him, but that's who that is, guys. I know people were a little confused. Um, you know, perfect timing. Come in, Hannah. Come in. Hannah sees the photo on her phone, and and you could tell Hannah's like, ah, shit, because Hannah's like, oh, that's my Valium person. Because Hannah wasn't even trying to hide it. The Valium was in a container that said Valium. Um, and also, you know what a legal Valium looks like? It's like somebody gives you a couple pills and you hide it away. It's not in a box like that says Valium. This was like an actual official box. You're not buying that on the street. Um. And Captain Sandy goes, Hannah, it's been brought to my attention that you have drugs on board. Uh, this is what I wrote. How much turnover does this yacht have? Um, your volume was laid next to your pot. It's not. A, it's a weed pin, you know. Hannah, this is very serious. Meant, no, no, this is very serious management involved. And Hannah's like, it was in my bag in L.A. I didn't even pack. And by the way, Hannah is totally lying here. It's like when you get caught with something, your first thing of like, fuck, I don't know what what, what is going on. Uh, she's like, I need you to get your volume and your drugs and bring them here. And Hannah's like, just so you know, I haven't taken one volume since I've been on board, which you guys is a lie. And Sandy's like, I can't ignore this. Uh, Malia, the bosun, uh, we see her, the crew working while all this is happening. They're unaware that this dramatic scenario is going on. You guys, that there is an actual drug addict on this boat. Uh, Captain Sandy says, so Hannah goes off to get her drugs and she's like to the first mate, she's like, oh, should I, should I be in the cabin with her? I don't, I want to make sure it's not being destroyed. LOL. It's not like she has a fucking pound of blow. She's like, I got to flush this down. It's value in a CBD pin, you guys. You can't even flush a CBD pin. Well, she's going to like snap the CBD pin and like it doesn't exist anymore. I just, this is, I mean, this is where you see that Captain Sandy is not trained in these things. And she is like panicking. She's not being like, she's not being chill or cool. Maritime, blah, 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 blah. Hannah's in the bathroom. Sandy's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And she goes in the cabin and she opens Hannah's bathroom door. Hannah's like pants are down. She's like, I was going to the bathroom. She's like, give me your drugs. Give me your drugs. Ah, ah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, this is like, the, this is more dramatic than the Titanic when they hit the iceberg, folks. This is way more dramatic. I was like, I was starting to feel uncomfortable. I was like, fuck, what's, is there, I was like holding on to my couch. I was like, oh no. Um, she's like, I, the Hannah's like, I don't have the prescription. She's like, I don't have the prescription with me. That's admitted guilt. Uh, Sandy says, um, 
and then Tom, little little Malia's boyfriend, the the top chef, is like, I get so excited for the first day I'm going to work with this amazing crew. Lame, Tom, lame. He goes, this is cool. This is actually, ha- this is cool. This is actually happening. Um, they were back to Sandy and Hannah. Sandy's like, this is a nightmare, Hannah. This is a night. And, and Hannah's like, what do I do, Sandy? What do I do? And San- Sandy's like, at this point, with everything that's been going on with you, hyperventilating at 4 a.m. with Malia, which is another thing Sandy wasn't supposed to know, but Malia's a fucking narc. That's what we call it, folks. She's a narc. She's a tattletale. Tattletale just to be on Sandy's good side because she wants to be a captain one day. Well, what if you're a captain one day, Malia, but you've lost your soul? The crew will never trust or respect you. I'm sorry. I'm just so into I think I might get into yachting. She's like... Sandy's like, right now I can't go to sea with you. And Hannah's like, okay. And she starts to stand up and leave. And Sandy's like, wait, 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 what? You know, and it's like, girl, you just fired Hannah. Then she's going to get up. She doesn't have to stay and listen to your bullshit more. Sandy's like, I have the utmost compassion for you, but I have a client and I've worked too hard for my license. I don't want to put that at risk. It's not worth it to me. I'm a captain. And Sandy always speaks like a little breathy. She's like, it's not worth it to me. I'm the captain. Hannah's like, okay. And then she's like, can I have my volume, please? I actually have a psychological disorder. It helps me, and I probably need volume more now than anyway. She's like, thank you. I'll pack now. Uh, Hannah goes to the kitchen. Tom's like, uh, Tom's like, how's it going? How's it going, Hannah? And she's like, I can't right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, And you know Tom's like, I've heard you a bitch, and that's you being a bitch to me. Uh, Hannah asks Rob if you can get my luggage. He's like, not a worry. Not a worry. Rob's such a little psycho. He's like, not a worry, not a worry. Who says not a worry? Say, if somebody says, get my luggage, like, okay. Like, not a worry. What are you, what are you, hey, Shakespeare, calm down. Oh, little Mr. Little Mr. Fancy phrases. No, not a worry. No, hey, a penny for your thoughts. Not a worry, not a worry. Uh, Jessica goes, uh... Oh, Jessica, like, so Hannah's walking to the dock, and Jessica's like, where is she going? Um, then there's, like, a shot of Captain Sandy in the, the helm, and she's like, oh! She's, like, going through it. She's, like, leaning up against thing with her head in her hands. It's very dramatic. Uh, she's like, it's always tough letting someone go. But this is maritime law. That's what it's called. It's a no-tolerance law. No drugs. If you're on a plane and the chief stew has to gather all the guests and put their life vest on and keep them calm and she's on Valium, it's going to be pretty cool. If I have a fucking flight attendant on Valium, I feel a little safer and that she's not going to panic. That's just me, though, okay? Sandy goes, if I would caught, I would be taken to jail. I'd lose my license and the boat will be taken to boat jail. (laughs) What Hannah done? What what's what Hannah's done here is illegal. Hannah's on the dock. She's walking away from the cameraman, trying to like play chase, and she's like, "Boys, we can do this all day, please." You know, Hannah's telling her boyfriend what happened on her phone. Sandy, this is the part that infuriated me. Sandy comes to the dock. This is the part that is like shit back, batshit crazy. Like she's like, "You've already done this, Sandy. Why do you need to come back for more?" She literally gets in face. She literally gets in Hannah's face. She's like. The thing is, Hannah, my hands are tied. I personally don't want, but I personally don't want to drive the boat to see with how you've been lately. And Hannah tries to argue and she's like, I don't want to, Sandy's like, I don't want to get into it. Why did you go to the dock then, Sandy, if you didn't want to get into it? This is lame. This is the biggest lame-o shit that Sandy's pulled. 
She's like, I honestly can't. And Anne's like, this is bullshit. And Malia just keeps on working, like, off in the field. And Sandy goes, oh, you don't think I care? If I wanted you off the boat, I would I could have, I could have fired you last year. It's bullshit. I could have fired you last year or the year before. If you want to make it about that and say I don't care, it's fine. Okay, yeah, I don't care. It's fine with me. I won't care. So now I officially don't fucking care. Pack your clothes and you can go now. Sandy, duh. Sandy, guess who's got two middle fingers in the air right now? Hey, Sandy, guess who's little, a little overweight from quarantine and has two middle fingers in the air? This guy. This was totally unnecessary, Sandy, and made you look like a fucking lunatic. It literally made you look like you were on drugs. How to hit somebody when they're down? This fucking person's been tattled on, she just lost her job, and you have to come kick her when she's down? You don't get it, Sandy. You just don't get it. This part was completely unprofessional, is not like a captain. What you did earlier, I guess you had to do it according to maritime law. This last part? You expecting Hannah to comfort you for letting her go is bullshit. Is You should be ashamed, and I hope you personally apologize to Hannah since. And I can't wait for the reunion, because you're going to have some splaining to do. Malia, come, Malia, Malia, come to the bridge, Malia. Uh, Bugsy, Bugsy asks, whose bag is this? It's Hannah's bag. Uh, Sandy talks to Malia. She's like, I've released Hannah from her contract. I don't feel comfortable after the findings going to sea with her. Bugsy's like, Hannah, do you want me to start unpacking the alcohol? And Hannah's like, I don't care. Sandy's like, back to Sandy and Malia. She's like, what if she overdoses? Malia's like, yeah, she, she can't be doing that stuff. Malia's like, maritime law is if a guest falls... We've got to be, we've got to be there to pick that guest off. We can't be on volume. By the way, uh, you know, that wild, uh, what's his name? Patrick or something. The, the, the one guy that they show less of because he's racist. He was, uh, the one deckhand, um, he says he's seen Malia do a bunch of cocaine in his Instagram stories. And by the way, that's what, you know, Malia on on ground is a fucking blow monkey. You just know it. You know it. She's one of those persons that like probably does blow all night. Where you're like, quit. She's like, no, you pussy. Let's keep going. Ugh, it just bugs me. It bugs me because we know that Malia wasn't protecting maritime law. She was protecting herself, and she was taking out a vendetta. Because I don't even like Hannah, folks. I'm not even a Hannah fan. Like I I will say, like I don't even. I have no skin in this game except that I saw it and I don't like it. I just don't like it. I don't think it's fair. Uh, so Jess finally is putting together what's happening. Uh, she's like, fuck, it means Bugsy's going to be chief, chief stew. Help us all. Jess goes into Hannah's room. Hannah tells Jess, like, Jess is like, how does she even know about this? And she's like, Malia probably took a photo. Jess is like, stop. Oh, my God. Um, Malia is a tattletale. There's a flashback to Malia in previous seasons fighting with Hannah. She's like, Wes and Adam both kissed me tonight back like in a, a few, you know, because by the way, Malia has been on other seasons of Below Deck. So, uh, so that's that on that. Now we still have a charter, you guys, two hours from now. Uh, Hannah tells Bugsy what happened. Malia is there. Malia's acting like, oh, what happened? Uh, Hannah's like, apparently you can get fired for having anxiety attacks. Malia's like, is that what happened? Hannah goes, I have a prescription for Valium and a legal CBD pen, and apparently I'm too at risk to go out to sea with. Malia goes, were they registered with the boat? Hannah's like, I can't even remember. LOL. The problem is, you know, and by the way, that is a problem. Hannah should have, should have legally registered these things. 
You know, I, I, that, I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that. But the way this all went down is so shady, and it's really not on the up and up to me. Um, wouldn't Malia be at risk since... Yeah, but that's just what I was saying. Like, Malia knew earlier, so wouldn't she be at fault too? Because she didn't say earlier? What about those other charter guests? Those other charter guests could have fell down the stairs like Malia was using as, as an example. Hannah changes out of her, uh, her uniform, and this is when we see the most horrific part of the show. We have an overhead shot, and we see Hannah's horrible tattoo on the nape of her neck, and it says, keep dancing. And to me, that's the only thing that should be against merit. That's the only maritime law that you should have no ugly tattoos when you go to sea. That, to me, puts the charter guests at risk more than CBD, more than Valium. Horrible tattoos really is, that's, I wouldn't feel safe with Hannah at sea with that tattoo. Um, Hannah saying goodbye, hugs Tom, Alex. Uh, Tom's like, you know, I've never seen that the day of a charter guest. Oh, this is crazy. Hannah goes back to smoking on the dock. Hannah loves a good cigarette on the dock. Have you noticed that? She's like, well, this is how it all ends. I'm very aware of the maritime law. It was a mistake on my part. But to be honest with you, I've been ready to make a hasty departure from yachting for a while now. As sad as I am to be leaving on this dark, horrible note, I will never regret, regret my time in yachting. It's the highest of highs. Um, and it forms who you will be for the rest of your life. And of course, the lowest of lows. And I thought that was like a beautiful little paragraph. And, you know, it really does make you that's why this show works is it shows us a different lifestyle. I think these shows really work when they take us into another person's job and another person's like way of life. Like it's something that we would never be able to experience. And I love that. I love, I love, I love that. So that's cool. And I'm very sad that, you know, cause Hannah really is the backbone of this show as head stew. You know, it's like Kate Chastain and both of those ladies now are off these shows. So it's very sad. Like, and I'm not even a Hannah fan, but it is bummer because, you know, and I don't want to watch little stupid Malia. Um, so now Rob, Jess and Malia just says, I'll have to Jess says, I'll have to be fired. I'm not leaving. And Malia's like, great. That's great. You know, Sandy brings Bugsy in. Okay, Bugsy, are you okay with being Chief Stew? And we'll get someone for you next charter. And Bug- but you can tell Bugsy's like throws. She's like, okay, well, you know, like whatever I got to do. <laughs> uh, so Charter 6, Isaac, CEO of a company started by his father. It's not your average family, folks. Uh, provisions, provisions on the dock. They Everybody goes, helps bring in the provisions. Tom, the the new chef, like he's like I'm organized, I'm prepared, but this is mad. This is really mad. This is a really a shit show of a crew, you know. And then Malia says we have to be strong as deck crew, and we have to have each other's back, and we'll make it through the season. Malia, have each other's back in what way? You didn't have Hannah's back. You ain't a team player, Malia. You know she's not a drug addict. You know. Oh, the other deckhand crew was Pete. That's who I meant. Pete was the racist, uh, and that's why you don't see him in many episodes anymore. Uh, she goes, obviously, we're down a crew member, and that's a bad thing. Uh, Bugsy, Bugsy, like, Bugsy's like, I don't have a system in place, and that's the biggest downside to all of this, because just Bugsy's like a C nerd. She's just like a nerd, you know. Sandy lets Malia, lets, uh, Sandy lets Malia know that we don't have somebody new coming in until next charter. Malia says, uh, the crew needs to understand you can't take meds. Uh, Malia lets us know about her Benadryl experience. She like exploded and had hives all over her body and they had a radio to get approval to take a Benadryl. That's fine. It's fine. I'm just saying the way it went down. So, you know, don't come at me with this. I get it. I get it. Folks are the glass. Are they, uh, uh, my question too, are the guests allowed to have drugs on there? 
that would be another question I have. Are the guests allowed to bring in drugs? Because they definitely feed them alcohol like fish. So I can imagine guests bringing cocaine onto the board. Like, the we, you know, like, who, do, do they go through the bags? Like, is it like going to the hospital where they check all your stuff? You know, like, I can't imagine some of these people aren't trying to bring drugs onto the boat. So it, 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 it it's weird, you know? Sandy's like, I'm not going to quote maritime law in front of an emotional being. But what she did was worse. What she did was worse. Malia comes into the kitchen. Chef, y'all good? You know, she's like, hee hee, you know, the chef puts his penis in me. She's like, chef, y'all good? And Tom's like, I'm falling apart right now. Uh, Malia says, I'm going to be very protective of him, you know, like you should have been for Hannah. Just says the whole is conf- the whole crew is confused about her being let go. And um, <laughs> Jess goes, I have a dog named Bugsy, so I can, and I'll tell you why. It's because the dog bugs the shit out of people like the actual Bugsy, which made me laugh. Rob and Jessica are a couple, remember, guys, and they're saying I love you in the cabin. They just started saying I love you an episode ago, and now they're in that phase where they're like, I love you. No, I love you. I love you. That's me kissing the mic. Oh, I love you. I love you, microphone. Um, so the guest arrival is here. This show is jam-packed. Like, I had so many notes to take, and this is only like 20 minutes into the show. I wonder if the guests were bummed that Hannah wasn't there, because a lot of these guests, they know they're going to be on TV, and I'm sure they have watched the show, you know? So Bugsy does a walk through the boat, shows the main salon. We also find out they have tons of luggage. And Malia's like, fuck, now's not, not the time for a challenge. The challenge is luggage, Malia? Okay. There's a cigar lounge on the boat. I wonder if it costs extra if they want to smoke a cigar or is that included in the price? Like, feel free to smoke as many of these cigars as you'd like. Um, Tom is talking about um, his childhood and, you know, how he loves to achieve things and his mom made him, you know, I don't, whatever. It's Tom. He's a nerd. Somebody orders an espresso martini. Um, Bugsy says a lot of the downfall of a chief stew is that they don't show the other, the others, you know, deck the hands to like how to do something, you know? So they just expect because Jess doesn't know how to make an espresso martini, but Bugsy, even though she's busy as hell, takes the time to show her. I have no doubt Bugsy will be a chief stew, a great chief stew. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, the deckhands are eating the crew food. The crew food's good. Peter's like, yeah, all right. Everybody's like, yay, crew food. Um, because Tom, the new chef, had to make their crew food, and it looks like better than the average crew food, you know? Peter asks if Hannah was left to go for drugs. Malia says, yeah. Um, the guests are, like, they're making a lot of, like, kind of off-color sex jokes. They're like, I'm going to hop on her bed and say I'm your daddy. Like, the, it just seems like a, I don't want to say a sexy group of people, because there's not any sexy people in this group of people, but, like, people that like to make those, quote-unquote, sexy, dirty jokes, you know? Uh, Pete says, beautiful day, new beautiful chief. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, it's like, beautiful day, beautiful new chief stew, because he's always trying to hit on Bugsy. Uh, Tom says, the first impression is so important with your food. If you can get it right, you can kind of ride that wave. Um, Malia says, it's doubly hard because it's Tom. Um, he puts down this food. It's veal. And the guy's like, veal wasn't on my preference sheet, but it's delicious. Uh, then we're to the water toys. This boat has every sort of water toy. Um, 
I'm never good at water toy stuff. Like, I've tried to ride a jet ski, and I remember I lost my glasses, and I was like, why did you even wear your glasses in the first place, Ryan? You're such a fucking idiot. And remember, like, when you like anything falls up, like, remember my glasses falling off and, like, me trying to dive in to get my glasses? And it's like, oh, yeah, it's just this entire body of water that you have to... It's like, idiot. They're just gone. Ugh. If I could go back and get those glasses, I think everything would have been different in the last 20 years. Um... The crew has to watch them. That's part of their job is to make sure they don't they don't get hurt on these water toys. And this this group of people and the drinking so hard, you know, it's like crazy. One of the ladies and the guys falls over on the jet, and Malia's like, "Weight distribution, people, let's do this." Let you know. Um, the old one of the old dude asks which one Rob the deckhand is dating, and he's like, "Yes," and he he goes, "Hey, you have good taste, huh? She's got big hooters." Um, uh, we also find out that in a flashback that Jess invited Rob to Bali to Bali after the season was done. She's like, you want to come with me? Which is like kind of cool. He's like, I'm, I'm really thinking about it. I'm thinking about changing my plans and going to Bali. You know, the, he says this relationship is getting deeper and stronger. Uh, Sandy then comes out with, how was your Wave Runner ride? Sandy, like, just mind your business. Let people enjoy. You're like always over people's shoulders. Rob and Jess are kissing in the cabin again. Alex calls Bugsy Hannah, which is the old chief stew. And he's like, oh, <laughs> this is the part where the guests brought a huge dildo on board. Like it's a huge dildo, like a big dildo. And they're just all throwing it back and forth. And like they, Bugsy comes in and like we find out that the lady's like, I want to celebrate a birthday party. Can somebody make a chocolate cake? And uh, they ask Bugsy to take the sea cucumber, which is what they call the large dildo, back to the room. And Bugsy's like, okay. And she like, does it with a smile. Like, Bugsy's just like that person that says yes to everything. Uh, they, the, Bugsy also has to go tell Tom about the birthday cake. He's like, oh, what? A cake? I've already got three hours. Tom seems like such a British dandy, you know? So tonight's dinner is going to involve lobsters, oysters, then beef, and then cake. Um... Uh, Jess says Bug, uh, Jess says Bugsy is intense in detail and just intense being intense. Jess is like, wow, I'm the second stew now. And it's like, poor Jess. They're like, Jess has no clue that they're actually bringing on a second stew next episode. Um, Tom is with Malia in the cabin. He's like, this is bullshit. They want me to make a cake. He's like complaining like a man does. Like all us men, we fucking are pussies and we just complain. You ever want to hear real complaining? Talk to a dude. And this is exactly what we see here with Tom. He's like, oh, fucking may I have to make a cake? It's like, you're a chef, dipshit. That's the job. And he's like, uh, Malia says, trust me, I, I deal with shit like this too. He's like, no. And, and she goes, kisses. And Tom goes, no, I've got a lot to do. Tom's a psychopath, you guys. He's a psychopath. Uh, we see one of the ladies kind of fall down the steps. Uh, that we say is earlier. And guess what? Bugsy, the chief stew, isn't there to help her. Maybe she's on Valium. Um, also, this is the point when we see Malia realize that, like, fuck, this might be a mistake that I brought my boyfriend onto this yacht. Old guys and the old guys, the, the one of the older dudes and his young plaything, they're doing a nude photo shoot in the jacuzzi, like completely nude folks. Like, she's, he's like, oh, that's hot. Yeah, take take it all off babe it's so creepy it's so creepy like even you see the whales in the background like oh gross put it on like it's he's like yeah take that oh look at that ass nice and then he's like let's go down to the room and play with that thing he's talking about the dildo and it's like gee like that poor it's like uh think about how many things women have to withstand because of creepy old dudes like this uh tom has oysters but doesn't have a shucker and i gotta tell you folks i one of my ex's dad's 
taught me how to shuck oysters. And I got to tell you, like, it really is a cool skill because at first you don't really know what you're doing and then you learn. And it just really, it made me feel like a man. I was like, I can shuck an oyster. And that made me feel pretty dang cool, folks. It really did. I got to tell you, I, it's one of the things, it's like when I can do something that's like I consider kind of manly, I really rave and rant about it. I'm like, oh, I've shucked oysters. Sure, sure. Like, it's like, like, I, I just act like I'm a guy half the times. Like, I can't do guy things, but I can shuck an oyster. And I was like, so, like, I just wanted to remind people out there, if you're curious if I can do manly things, I can shuck oysters. Um, Bugsy goes, I'm really loving working with Tom. He's so calm, which is just he isn't. Uh, old guy comes in filming Tom, and he's like, hey, let me tell you a joke. You're from Britain? Okay. He's a, he tells, like, a weird threesome joke. He's like, hello, 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 and Tom doesn't get it. But also, Tom should laugh anyways. You know what I'm saying? If it's a charter guest, you act like you get the joke. Like, the joke was lame, but that's the deal. Because, like, the guy's like, oh, you don't find it funny? Like, you know that guy's like, Tom's an asshole, you know? You just don't do that. You get every joke. Like, I am so used to being like, oh, <laughs> great joke, Yes. Like, I, I just do that. It's just polite to, you know, like, don't act like you don't get somebody's joke, especially when they're paying like $30,000, $40,000. Uh, Bugsy asked Sandy how Sandy's doing. She's like, I wanted to go home today. I could have been at a Broncos Jag, Jaguars, Jaguars, uh, Jaguars game. I guess that's a football, a Broncos Jaguars game. Well, sorry, Sandy, you're at sea. Buck up. Old dudes walking around naked. He's throwing the dildo into rooms. It's weird. It's like a weird scene. Rob and Jess are up looking for looking at flights for Bally. Malia says she's carrying the responsibility of her partner, Tom, the chef. All the guests are getting ready for the dinner. There's huge pieces of shells in the oysters, guys. And the, the guests don't appreciate it. And they make it known. That's like Oyster 101. Don't leave oyster shell in the oysters. But Malia comes. Bugsy's like, you know, takes this takes them downstairs like can you do another three and he's like it's going to take a while and malia goes well they all they ate them all anyways like malia's standing up for her boyfriend like a loser uh then he the lobster tail gets delivered and the lobster is raw and tom's like damn it they want cooked lobster damn it and malia is watching all of this Bugsy's like tom i'm so sorry tom's like sorry 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 and then tom is like snapping about a raw potato or something it's like weird and he fucking snaps he's like i'm gonna be a fucking laughing stock I got to, uh, he goes, this is bullshit. It's suicide. He's like 10 times. He's like, it's more than what I would do. I'm good at what I do. And I've made a huge mistake. I've got way too much self-respect to deal with this. Like he's completely the opposite of unflappable on the first day. This is so scary. And then we see the previews for the rest of the season, folks. We see Captain Sandy talking to the crew and there's like, he's like, there's a, she's like, there's a line of insubordination and I won't have it. So we see the new second stew uh, come through, and guess what, folks? It's Aisha. Spoiler alert. They show her from the back, but it's Aisha, who I loved Aisha in last season of Below Deck Men. I found her completely charming, breath of fresh air, so I'm really good, to, uh, really happy to see her come back. Johnny, uh, some baseball player from last season, he comes back, gets wasted. Um, uh, Bugsy lets us know they're in Ibiza, and Ibiza, Ibiza, I love saying Ibiza, is tacky. She talks about vajazzling. Um, then Jess says somebody touched Rob's ass, and she's like, I'll punch her in the face if she touches your ass again. Then we see the chef being a dick, and we see Captain Sandy going, I told you, it was in the refrigerator, Sandy being like over it, and he's, Tom's like flipping out. 
you know, Tom's like, stay out of the galley. Like, and, and Malia's like, he's going to walk. Uh. And Jess and Rob, Rob saying to Jess, he's like, I feel trapped. So they're already fighting. It's guys, there's eight episodes left. And I got to tell you, it is so exciting. I love Below Deck Med, but it just infuriated me. But I, I don't agree with a lot of my counterparts. Like my friend Annabelle said, I'll never watch the show. You know, and it's like, are you kidding me? There's so many bad shows out there that I like this show. I'm going to continue to watch the hell out of it. And yes, of course, of course I'm upset. Of course. But I still think it's a great show and I'm going to continue watching the shit out of it. So that was the recap of Below Deck Med. If you want me to keep uh, recapping Below Deck Med, please reach out and let me know if you dig this, okay? But now it's time to go to Beverly Hills. Oh my God, folks, Beverly Hills is just really firing on all cylinders. And when I say firing on all cylinders, I mean it's infuriating me. It is so frustrating watching these ladies on Denise Richards. And like, obviously, obviously Brandy is hooked up with Denise Richards. We get it. But the fact it's like I say it every week and uh, me and Maritza are making a, uh, 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 a meme about this. But it's like they have this little tiny meat little tiny piece of meat, this little thing to go on, and they're all just eating the bone. They're like, it's so, so gross. And it makes them look all so bad. Like, why do they think, all these ladies think they're always smarter than the show? They always like, oh, this is going to be, this is, we've got it. And then they always look so horrible. They always look so, so bad. And it comes back so horrible on them that I just find it so fascinating that they really just continually lean in. I just just don't get that sometimes. It's like, you're looking like an asshole. Like, do they watch this back and think they look dope? They're like, yes. And by the way, we're going to do last week's episode and I'll do this past week's episode next week because uh, we we finally got to see Dorit's room in action. And also Lisa Rin. I mean, I think I've got a real personal vendetta against Lisa Rin at this point. Lisa has no idea I exist. And I just, I want to, I don't know. I just don't, I really just over Lisa Rinna. Um, so this episode is called That's Not Amore. Classic title, folks. I get what you did there. That's Amore. That's Not Amore. Hey, folks, what if we called it That's Not Amore? Whoa, Ted, great thought. Great idea, Ted. That's Not Amore. Wow, great, perfect title. Um, this feels, this whole Italy trip feels like one big, you know, it's like the Godfather trilogy, you know, it just feels like all one thing. Eventually, I just want to watch the Italy trip as like one gigantic episode. They should just squish them all together and do it as like a big two hour like film. Like I would actually, if we were allowed to go to movie theaters, I would pl- I would pay to see the Italy trip with bonus scenes and you you edit it all together and treat it like a movie. I would watch that. Am I crazy? Like I would watch if they really stepped up housewives, like maybe like 10% more and just made it two hours, I would, I would watch, if it was really good, I would watch it in a movie theater. I love that I'm making it. Like, I'm like, guys, you know what? Tell AMC, tell the Arclight that I would watch. Will you please, if anybody knows anybody high up at AMC, uh, please tell them. Um, I uh, wrote the show. It's really pushing me over the edge with Rinna. Um, I mean, Rinna, 
Rinda, what the actual fuck? Um, this is, we'll, we'll get into the Rinda of it all. It, it's so, so bizarre. Um, we're back at the restaurant from last, last week. And Kyle's like, I'm really struggling. Denise is like, um, Denise is talking about Brandy. She's like, this chick would get so drunk. Uh, she said she's hooked up with every girl that's ever lived. Um, you know, and she said even a few at this table. And Rinda goes, don't even put that out there. Don't do it, Denise. Don't do it. Don't even put it out there. And it's like, Rinda, calm the fuck down. When I ask for you, I will say your name. I will say, Rinna, do you want to do some kind of explosive gesticulation? Until then, honey, sit. Ha- until then, honey. Honey, or what, however she says it. Hi, hey, honey, shut up. Shut up. Shut up, sit down. That's my Arnold Schwarzenegger. Shut up, sit down. It's not a tumor. Uh, Denise says, I wouldn't name names. I wouldn't put it out there if I if I didn't know that it was true or not. Which Denise is saying, like, because she's like, they're like, name the person she said she slept with. And Denise is like, I wouldn't do that because I don't know if it's true. Denise, you know, by the way, Denise is probably bluffing here, but at the core of that is true. Why put something out there if you don't know it's true? And also that's why this is so, so dangerous what she's doing, because it really is like not their business to talk sexuality. It's not their business at all. Like it just, it's so, you know what I'm saying? That's like adds to the grossness of everything. Um, so Teddy all of a sudden gets involved because like, hey, if Rinna, this, if dummy Rinna is going to get involved, Teddy's like, well, I don't do anything. Maybe I should get involved. Um, Teddy about Denise, she's like, you're friendly enough, but you know, whatever. And Dorit in a talking head says, they're willing to be like the West about Denise. They're willing to believe the West. <laughs> That's my Dorit. They're willing to be the, they're willing, they're they're willing to be like the worst. They're willing to believe the worst about Denise. I sound like C-3PO. Hello, R2. R2, I am Dorit. I have a restaurant at Buka. It's called the Capri Room, R2. Oh, no, R2. Denise has licked Brandy's vagina, R2. <laughs> R2, why is Rina dancing like that? I'm afraid she will hurt herself, R2. I love when I combine housewives with like science fiction and superhero stuff because those worlds just shouldn't mix at all. It's insane of me. Um, uh, Lisa goes, you know, once again, we're in this whole thing of Denise explaining why they know each other. And it's like, okay, we get it. You guys have, uh, it's like, Denise, you don't have to explain anymore. Explains that they have a mutual relationship because of an agent, a branding agent or something. Dorit says, Denise isn't saying she doesn't have a personal relationship. She's like, Denise isn't saying she doesn't have a personal relationship with um, Brandy. And Sutton says, you know, if we can't get the full story here, if we can't get the full story here, Denise says, she's the one that said that about, it's just like this, like this weird, the scene doesn't, extremely makes sense because Denise is just trying to like stand up for herself and all of this attention's coming her way. Garcelle in the talking head says, Denise, this is the time to stand up for yourself. Do it. Rinna goes, this feels dirty. This feels dirty. Someone isn't being honest. You've chosen to sit here. Then you need to own it or you need to leave. Lisa, you don't fucking tell people it's not the Rinna show. I'm sorry, folks. It isn't. I will die on that hill. I will die on that hill. 
It's not the bad wig show, Rinna. When we have the bad wig show, you will be the lead of it. I swear to you, we will cast you as the lead. Until then, sit down, Henny. Ugh. This is like, I love this. Like, I'm a middle-aged straight man going, Henny. This feels dirty, guys. Denise is like... It, Lisa's, Denise goes, Lisa, you're being very rude right now. Because Denise actually really is shocked. He's like, this is crazy. Like, what is going on? Um, Garcelle says, why are you guys willing to believe Brandy over Denise, who is here right now? Which totally makes sense. I got to say in these last couple of episodes, I really, really love Garcelle. Kyle starts to say something. Garcelle goes, please let me finish. Kyle, like, everybody loves to, like, really hit over the head that Kyle interrupts a lot. I love that. I love it. Um you know it's a good episode, folks. And I want to tell you how I know when we're on a good episode, whether it be Below Deck Matter or Beverly Hills, is that you have to pause to take notes. Because usually these shows can be like a little tedious and you can take notes while you watch really quickly. You, But this, so much stuff is happening that I have to keep pausing and it's so frustrating because you're trying to catch everything. Um, somebody says, I'm just going by what I see in the press. I don't know her personally. Oh, yeah. Um I think Dorit says that. Kyle says, I'm not taking a side. Garcelle says, but you're believing. Garcelle on a talking head says, you're taking what she says is Bible. Um, Garcelle's like, how do we move forward? Teddy says, well, my guard's up. I'm, I'm going to proceed with caution. Teddy, nobody gives a fuck how you're going to proceed. Like literally, nobody's ever in their life goes, how's Teddy Mellencamp going to proceed? Nobody has ever wanted to know how Teddy's going to proceed. Nobody looks to Teddy and go like, let's wait for Teddy to make up her mind and then we'll go with her. Teddy is a follower, not a leader. I will die on that hill as well. I'm going to die on so many hills today. I'm going to, I'm, all we can all we can say for sure is that I will die on hills. Um, I literally my note is proceed with what Teddy. No one wants to hang out with you. Dorit says we don't have to kiss and make up and be friends. Rina says they have to open it up as a club right now, folks. So we need to get our drinks and go. Okay, let's have another round of drinks. So now we're having drinks and Erica goes, "You didn't call me a bitch." <laughs> Erica's always like, "You didn't." So you're saying you didn't call me a bitch. Um, and Denise goes, no, I swear on my mother's grave. And that is, I, I love that that is the litmus test for really when somebody's telling the truth or lying. It's always like, fuck, mother's grave. Whoa. Like, that's what, like, like I'm shocked the president hasn't ever done that. Like, guys, I swear on my mother's grave. Like, but everybody's like, no, Denise, don't do that. Like, I love that how serious they're like, she invoked the mother's grave. Oh my God, folks, she invoked it. They're like, oh, don't say that. Don't. Denise says she's fucking lying. She's the one who said that. She's the one. Denise in a talking head says, Brandy said, I heard Erica was very cold to you. And she agreed with that. She's like, Brandy said all of these things. And I would agree with her, which is a valid. I mean, there are those people that kind of lead you into agreeing with them. I have those people. Uh, There's a flashback about Teddy living in our father's shadow. Denise says, hey, I didn't say that about Teddy. I've actually talked worse shit about Teddy than what was told to her, which is like, yes, Denise. Yes. Yes. Nobody likes Teddy. Yes. Feel that, folks. All the. Hey, is there Hey, that Teddy army out there? (laughs) Do you feel silly? I mean, how do you really stand up for Teddy as a like? And we're not talking about Teddy in real life. We're talking about Teddy as a character on the show. As a character on this show, she has done nothing. Like, Teddy might be the best person in real life that you've ever met, but I'm talking about on this show. She does nothing and really just leans on things that aren't her business. And that does not make a good housewife. I'm going to... That's another hill I will die on. 
Um, Rinna says, I don't know what to believe. Then he says, all right, I can't. I'm going to, you know, Erica says she's had fun with Denise. And there's a flashback of the good times that they've had. Garcelle says, um, Garcelle, this is, I love Garcelle. Garcelle goes to Rinna. Well, isn't it weird with your daughter when you're dancing on Instagram? Doesn't that make her feel weird? And Kyle goes, damn. And talking head, she's like, this is what happens when Rinna opens that Pandora's box. She's going to have to face the consequences. There's a flashback to Rinna and Garcelle saying, you're so fit. Do you ever wonder about fitness and how your body might hurt? Um, you know, uh, dork. Uh, what's her name? Amabel or, uh, you know, the the dorky, not the dorky kid, just the, the kid that wants like, you know, 30 things in an apartment. Um, why am I blanking on her name? Anyways, I don't even want to look it up. We all know Amelia Bell or Emily Bell or Dorkface McGee. I don't, you know, we know who we're talking about here. Uh, but Rinna goes, no, why would you ask that? You know, why? No, I don't think my weird dancing's hurt her at all. And Garcelle said, I don't have a daughter. You know, it's just like you're dancing nearly naked. Um, Dorit butts in. Garcelle goes, I'm talking to Lisa right now. Um, does your daughter look at you doing that and maybe feel bad? Rinna says, well, they're going to judge us as mothers, you know. And Garcelle says, I'm just being honest since we are being open right now. And that's what we're talking about, folks. If you're going to be honest, then everybody has to be honest. If you're going to be open, everybody has to be open. It's not just people being open about Denise and Denise has to be open. Honey, honey, everybody has to be. I gotta hate myself when I say honey. Um, Rinna goes, what I can say, Garcelle, I'm so proud of her. For Ka- Amelia, Amelia Bedelia, yeah, Amelia's the daughter's name. What I, what I can say, Garcelle, is I'm so proud of her for coming out in a public forum that I've made her do. Teddy says, that's some fake bullshit. Garcelle is playing the fake acting game, too. Um, it's just funny. They're all just like kind of playing chess, right? Playing dorky chess, playing dummy chess. Denise in the corner is just crying silently. It's just sad. Erica is like, let's just, let's just go back to the hotel, honey. Let's cancel the drinks. Dar, Dar, Dorit says, there's a dark cloud hovering over us. And we're back at the hotel next morning. Teddy called. This is like the fake stuff. Teddy calls like, beep, boop, boop, boop. Hello, Erica. Would you like to go to the spa for treatments? How random and fun. And Erica's like, I would love to go to this with you, the person that I never hang out with. And then Sutton, like, boop, 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 calls Garcelle. She's like, Garcelle's at coffee in the lobby. She's like, do you want to go to St. Peter's for Mass? Do you want to go? I'm trying to do. Do you want to go to Do you? I can't do that. Do you want to? Do you want to go to St. Peter's for Mass? Garcelle was like, I would love to go to the Mass. Rinna calls Kyle. Kyle looks beat. Oh yeah, Kyle looks beat. Dorit and Kyle stayed up all night partying. I guess. Uh, they're like, you know, should we still go on the Vespa? I don't even, guys, I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, in Rinna's room, Rinna, there's like a lot of half-drunk San Pellegrinos lying around and coffee that she spills. She spills like tea, honey. Erica and Teddy come in. Erica's in a boom, boom, boom shirt and huge glasses. She looks like a, like an Elton John monster. I don't know. Dorit and Kyle, Dorit is in full glam even though she's hung over. It's raining. Kyle feels, she's like, yeah, feels like Vegas on a Sunday morning, huh, folks? You know, we've all been there. Rinna says she texted Denise last night, but she didn't text back. She's like, it's a friendship worth fighting for. Like, what? This is a friendship. You're you're actually you're actually saying that you're friends with her. So Rinna and 
Rena and Denise are talking at a cafe. She's like, the energy you are putting towards me, you're coming off as a mean friend. Why did you even invite me here? And Rena goes, because I love you. Because you're my friend. And she's like, really? It doesn't come off that way. If I saw you crying at a table, would I keep going for you? Rena says, the stuff you said about Brandy, it's not true. Denise says, it is true. She said, when you said it with someone at the table, you didn't need to do for tit for tat. You do a little tit for tat with me. Don't do tit for tat with me anymore. Once again, you don't make the rules, Rinna. I will do tit for tat with you all day long. If I, I love how I've interjected myself into this narrative. I will do tit for tat, Rinna. I will do tit for tat until the cows come home. Denise says... Uh, you know, I defended you. By the way, I wrote defended as defunded. And I was like, oh my God, did I write defund the police here? No, he says, I defended you with Kyle earlier this season. Flashback to all the times of Kyle, like Denise, actually standing up for Rena. She's like, everyone at the last 20 dinners kept coming for you. I stood up for you. You have not been a friend to me. Solid fucking point, Denise. Rena says, I was just trying to clear the air and I did it in a terrible way. This is when, guys, this is when the performance starts. Guys, sit down. Does everybody have a seat? The Rinna performance is about to start. Everybody, it's about to happen. Rinna says, uh, she's like, how would you feel if that, you know, that's if, if I did that to you, Denise says, um, I've never experienced this with you and I've known you a long time. And Rinna's like, you're, I, I understand why you're mad at me. She's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm hurt. That's it. I'm mad at you. I'm not hurt. And Rena's crying. She's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. This is the clip, guys. This is the clip they're going to use for the daytime Emmy for Lisa Rinna. I've said this multiple times. If Rena kind of was doing this kind of performances in her career, she would actually not have to be on a housewife show. Like, this is full blown. The, like it takes actors years to get to this point. She's like, like just really, she's reveling. And that's the deal. Like there's people are like, I believe I did not believe a second of this. This is like somebody reveling in their own feelings. This is somebody when this is not about, remember, this is not about her. And she's all of a sudden making about, she's making it. She's trying to throw such an extreme emotion out there that she's trying to make Denise comfort her. And I think that's disgusting. Um, and I, I, wrote, I wrote, I was like, fuck, she's really going for it. Um, she's like, I'm just trying to make it so everyone can move on. And I fucked up anymore. I'm fucking stupid. I'm so fucking stupid. It's like full reason. Like, I'm fucking an idiot. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Denise goes, you're strong and you do stand up for what's right. And that's what your friends love. And that's what I love about you. Like we're now having Denise comfort Rinna. She's like, even though you were on a plane, I should have sent a text. Why didn't I send a text? Why? <laughs> She's like literally looking up to see if it's working. She's like, oh. Um, She's like, it's just not like me. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Denise says, I don't know why. I don't even know. Why they even have me around? They're trying to destroy my family for what? Why am I here? And then Denise like, Rena, okay, we got to Do you want to go to church with us? Do you want to come? She's like, she's like, are you sure it's okay? And Rena goes, I'm going to be a better friend to you. <laughs> Denise, Denise goes, I'm going to go be a better friend to you too. And it's just so funny. She got Denise to actually console her. She did it. 
And Renna's like, I need church so bad. So we're on Vespas. Uh, let me paint the picture. It's a rainy day. Kyle and Dorit. It's like, you know, just like a fun, like when you meet Luca, the tour guide. Renna was supposed to be there, but Renna decided to do the performance of a lifetime instead. They can only do sidecars. So like it's it's Dorit and Kyle riding sidecars. Dorit asks for no helmet because it ruins her look, but you got to do it. You got to put the helmet on. Uh, we were reminded that we're in the fashion capital of the world, Denise says. Uh, Dorit says. Kyle says she could help out in the Buka kitchen with her hairnet because they had to put a hairnet on Dorit. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They almost, like, pee their pants laughing. This is what I got to ask the ladies. I always like to ask a lady question. How often are girls peeing their pants? It seems like it's a very common thing that girls laugh so hard they pee. Like, I laugh a lot, I think, but I've never laughed so hard that I almost pee their pants. Is it different? And I guess you wouldn't know, but, like, it must be different to have a penis and pee and then to have a lady part and pee. Their pee must be really hard to keep in because it feels like if you ladies just laugh a little bit, it's like the floodgates open, you know? Is it that hard to control your pee? Like, honestly, it has to be. I've heard way too many girls say they laugh so hard they peed their pants. And I'm telling you, I have fucking bust. I busted a gut on this show, and I've not even come close to peeing my pants. I've never peed my pants. I've peed my pants sleeping, but I've never peed. I've never peed my pants laughing. Let's talk about it. <laughs> hey, let's talk about it, right? Let's like write into me. I want to know why girls are peeing their pants so much. Um, uh, Erica and Teddy. Oh yeah. I wrote, this is the most boring scene of the show. Eric and Teddy are in, um, they're in their spa, like laying down spa robes and they're, and they're talking about Thanksgiving plans. That's how fucking boring Teddy is, is that they're in Italy and all of a sudden we have this little boring offshoot scene of like, what are you doing for Thanksgiving, Erica? Well, Tom's daughter is a chef and I'm their age. It's so dumb. Sutton and Garcelle. Garcelle goes, these boots are slapping my calves. <laughs> these boots are slapping my calves, you guys. So I, and Garcelle's like, I love that we're going to church on a Sunday. Rinna and Denise walking by. Dorit says that to Kyle, she's like, this is the Kyle I love. It just makes up for all the shitty things she does. Rinna's in the car and she's like, I need church more now than ever, you guys. I just need it so bad. It's like, I God. And uh, Garcelle's like, why did you say that? She's like, I uh, I haven't been back to my true self for a while. Duh, Lisa, duh. Be ashamed of yourself for this whole episode. Sutton is, she's like, Sutton's like, there's a, Sutton goes, there's a better side to Lisa Rinna. <laughs> They're talking about religion, something about being Catholic, Presbyterian, everybody's religious journey. Garcelle goes, I can't be a true Catholic. I've been divorced too many times. Rinna, Rinna, they're driving the streets of Italy. Rinna always likes to give fun facts about Italy. She's like, Harry had been here for years. Uh, he, she has a, a son with Ursula Andrews. They were here filming the film Clash of the Titans. And she's like, yeah, one night, uh, 28-year-old Harry, uh, Ursula, 40 years old, calls. She's like, Harry, Harry, come to my room. And she got pregnant that night at 44. Ooh, great son. Great story. And I guess uh, Harry loves Italian cooking, and that's why their kitchen looks like an Italian kitchen. Okay. Kyle and Dorit. Kyle Kyle loves a good laughing fit, and I love that about Kyle. So now we're at St. Peter's Square. Sutton says, who knew it would be so packed? I did. 
it's going to be a two-hour wait. You know, if they'd asked me, I would have gotten in. I would have gotten us in. I would have called some favors in. Lisa Renner doesn't know how to do shit. Like, this is what Lisa... Lisa should spend less time trying to make shit about herself and more time actually trying to plan shit, you know? That's the person we... That... Ha, get shit done, honey. <laughs> Kylan's a reader at a cafe reminiscing about the ride. Uh, they were like, where do you think Lisa Rent went? Lisa Rinna went. I hope everything is okay. Dorita speaking in fluent Italian. She's like, Pino Grigio. Rinna comes in. She's like, oh my God, you girls, I'm so sorry. I had a little bit of a breakdown. I saw Denise in the lobby and I just, it was so tough last night. And I tried to fix it to get to the truth. You gotta love that she keeps saying fix it. Nobody asked you to fix it, honey. Kyle in a talking head says, I feel for Denise being in the position right now, but Rinna is trying to get to the truth. Who? Lisa Rinna isn't a detective, folks. There is not a Lisa Rinna detective agency. Stop treating like it, like she has to get to anything. Rinna goes, I cried a lot. I cried a lot. What about Denise, you fucking go? Ah! I don't even know what I was trying to say. But what about Denise, the actual person that had something to cry about? Rinna in a talking head goes, we have to have empathy. We have to, folks. We have to have empathy. Fuck you. I think Denise Richards is in pain because of you. She's in pain because of you. Rena says, in the end, I'm a better friend than that, and I haven't been. Dorit says, you would have done this with anyone. Kyle says, that's the key, is just to be honest. Rena says, you can't force people to be honest. You need to take a breath and just allow it to come out. Uh, we're in Erica's room. Mikey, the creative director, is glamming it up. We're glamming. Okay, Sutton has a glam team there. Sutton, I love Sutton. Sutton's one of my favorite, but I do not, like, Sutton's glam team needs to be fired. I don't get it. I just don't get it, folks. Sutton has access to the best clothes. Sutton is a beautiful woman. They dressed her in this, like, red shaggy vest. It's like, are you messing with her? Like, this is so weird. Um, uh, Dorit is getting glam done. She's uh, FaceTiming with her daughter. She's like, Mommy, can I have a pop? She's like, no, it's breakfast or lunch. She's like, breakfast is lunch. You should be a lawyer, little girl. I don't know. There's just accents flying back and forth. Teddy is talking to somebody in a boring black hat. Uh, They're in the car. Dorit says... The room, guys, this is very exciting. The room at Buca de Beppo is cleaned and gutted, gutted and it's going to be ready for a beautiful uh, Teddy Mellencamp uh, baby shower. Sutton, Sutton goes in a talking head. She's like, Buca de Peppo? Buca, Buca de Pep? Buca de Pep? Is that, I don't, I don't know, like, is that, is that like an, is that an Olive Garden? I, you know, she's like, I'm not being disrespectful. I just never heard of it. Buca de Peppo? Buca. Buga de Peppo? Uh, I was thinking of having Teddy's baby shower there. I think, by the way, Teddy, like, Teddy does deserve a Buga de Peppo baby shower, you know? I believe that's good for Teddy. Oh, I can't. Exciting Buca de Beppo news, you guys. I can't wait to share more of it with you, but let's, let's finish this up. Um, so they're in, they're going to dinner. Um, 
Teddy is next to Denise in a car with Garcelle and Erica, and Teddy is, like, really shoved in the corner trying not to touch Denise because Denise is right next to her, and Teddy is pressed up against the door. You love to see it. Teddy's like, eh. Denise in a talking head says she's taking control tonight so the girls know how I feel. Denise goes to Garcelle. Another dinner. Here we go. Um, Erica had a ham and cheese from the kids' menu at the hotel, she said. Wouldn't it suck to be that rich and and then have to watch what you eat? Like, I just, that's what I hate the most. Is like, man, they have access to all the best food and they have to watch what they eat so they can continue to look good and not gain weight. Like, that's my nightmare, you know? Ah, I just hate, I hate that food makes you gain weight. Wouldn't it be amazing if food didn't make you gain weight? Like, how dope would that be? Like, what if lies made you gain weight? What if being a, like, what if, like, telling lies that added calories but food was just like... I feel like that's a platform we need to, like, we need to find that out. Like, when can food not make us gain weight? Like, that's like, that's what I want more than, more than anything in the world. Uh, Teddy excuses herself to go to the bathroom. Denise asks where the other ladies are so she can prepare herself, she says. Uh, Dorit uh, feels, Dorit says she, she laughed so hard today, I felt like I did a thousand sit-ups. I feel like I did a thousand sit-ups. Denise is, I want to do a toast and then I want to talk. Denise says to Rinna, I'm so glad we got to talk and you're a big advocate of being honest. There is so much judgment in this group. Ever di- every dinner I've been on here in Italy, I've been on the receiving end of being attacked and it's not cool. Garcelle in a talking head says, I did not know this This would happen. I, I, I've been team, uh, I haven't seen Denise like this ever. Teddy in a talking head says, she's done with it, but now this she just wants to be a victim. Fuck you, Teddy. <laughs> Kyle interrupts. Um, I don't, I don't. Kyle interrupts. Denise is like, please. <laughs> I just love, there needs to be a super cut of everybody that's ever like told Kyle to shut up. Um, I don't, I don't deserve this. You know that this is the worst trip I've ever been on in my life. And I do want to point out again, worst trip she's ever been on in her life. And she's taking trips with Charlie Sheen. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, this has gotten to a point where it's just you guys are mean girls. And that's like the buzzword. Erica's like, oh, she's like, and Erica in a talking head. She's like, that I'm a motherfucking mean girl till the day I die. Standing up for the truth, standing up for the truth. Save it for something that matters, Erica. I love you, but save it for something that matters. It ain't Denise. This ain't the look, you know, but they do hate me. That is a real trigger word for them. Um, you kept bombarding me guys and it's not cool. Rinna says it's a cop out and it's easy to say. And it's what we were called last season. <laughs> Garcelle, Garcelle can't handle it. She's like, I got to step out. I'm stepping out. And Doree said, I have to go. I'm done. And she, she bails. And all the women were like, oh, oh, oh no, we, we lost our plot line. Where's our plot line going? We need it. We are not interesting enough without her. Um, also a good theory that they're all doing this is Denise because Denise is making the most money out of all of them. She's making $5 million supposedly a season. And that's more than any of these ladies. And that probably that puts a big target on her back. Just wanted to point that out as well. Kyle says, just cause someone doesn't agree with you that you don't have to leave. Erica says we wouldn't be here if Denise hadn't left so many times. Uh, Denise comes up to Garcelle. Garcelle is crying. Garcelle's like, I would rather be with my kids. Like, it really is that to be shocking when you're actually in it. Like, taking the, signing the contract and then start filming, like, it's two different things. It's like, I did not, I did not expect this, you know? Um, 
they're all bitching inside about Denise. Denise says they cross the line and it's past the point of it being, you know, good. It's like detrimental. Garcelle says, I'm so proud of Denise, but it's not giving the full closure to this. It's going to keep popping up. Garcelle goes back in. She's like, I'm tired. I miss my kids. Um, Denise is leaving and the producer comes up. She's like, you going back is a big mistake. Chris, the producer, Chris goes, you can't come in there and make a big speech and then not give us anything more. And this is like crazy. I I love, I got to implore when these shows start using production, it really is making, it's adding this amazing level to the shows. Please Bravo. If you're listening, keep doing this, you know, treat us with respect, the audience, because we do know we want to see what's going on. We want to see production step in. And so no, please, you got to go back. You got to go back, you know? Um, Chris says, you can't come in here. Yeah, so uh, we want to move past this. Let's all figure out. Oh, yeah. So Denise comes in. Want to move past this. Let's all figure out how to move past this. Oh, no. Chris says that to Denise. Denise reluctantly says, fine. There's a part of me that does like these women and have had fun in the past. So Denise comes back. And all the ladies are like, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you for coming back. Oh, yay, yay. And she's like, says... I didn't want to leave you. Let's move past this. Kyle says, it's more fun to be laughing and having fun like we had today. Let's enjoy this last night, Dorit says. Rena says, don't label me or call me names. Denise says, it feels like that. Or so, I don't know. Rena says, I accept how you feel. I would love to have a good time. The food gets brought out. There's pizza. Rena goes, I've never had pizza like this, honey. Ugh. So many honeys in this conversation. Um, grilled artichokes. That looks cool. They are going over memories of the trip. Um, Denise says, oh, when I went to Tijuana when I was 15, I got in big trouble. And Garcelle, Garcelle goes, craziest place you ever had sex. Erica Jane, this is amazing. Erica Jane says, I had a massive head injury when I was 16. <laughs> she said it and I was like, yep, checks out. She's like, my boyfriend's father was a surgeon and he would just sit there and watch me. And so like the ladies were like, are you about to say you had sex with your boyfriend's dad? And she's like, no, not his dad, even though he was in my age group. Ah. <laughs> she's like, I think I still have a head, brain injury to this day. But I guess when her head started healing, she had sex with the boyfriend in the hotel room, so in the hospital room. Um, Kyle, get this, folks. Kyle goes, okay, so the question is, where's the craziest place you had sex? Kyle goes, at a black tie event with 10 people at the table. What? Can somebody draw me a diagram of how that works? Like what? Like, okay. Like, are we talking about like a hand, like a handy and like a fingery? <laughs> handy and a fingery? Are we talking like, did she get finger blasted? Like, what did you, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But, like, I mean, are we talking about, like, actual penis in the thing with 10 people at the table? Like, what kind of table is this? Like, I, is, is this ergonomics at its finest? Like, I don't under—can somebody please explain this to me? I've been thinking about this all for, like, a week now, and it's, like, upsets me. Like, I just don't know. Um, Garcelle said she did it on a commercial flight, and Sutton goes— how about I tell you where the most romantic place I did? And it's like, oh, girl, shut up. She's like, no, it's really good. It was at Avignon in France. It was out there on the without a tent. It's just very romantic. Uh, Rena says, myself and my boyfriend had a four-way in a station wagon. We called it the shagging wagon or something. Denise says hers was in a church parking lot. I do not believe Denise on this either, but who who cares, you know? 
Um, I was like, what if Denise said uh, on a podcast? Ha! Because that's how her and Brandy, you know. Anyways, you'll not a great joke. I said, Rinna's like, Rinna goes, this is the Denise I know and love. So it really all is about sex with Rinna. It's like Denise thinks, Rinna thinks Denise is being herself when she talks sex stories. Rinna's like, oh, God, Denise, the real Denise is back. Sex story, Denise. Garcelle Tos, we are dropping everything that's negative. Yeah. And this this past week, we see the Buka, and it is a fascinating episode. I can't wait to talk to you guys about that next week. But let's move on to one of my new, if not my favorite new show. It is my new favorite show on Bravo. We're talking about Real Housewives of Potomac. song so much that's galvanized by chemical brothers with a feature by q-tip from tribe called quest um oh so good so good uh, you know what else is so good is real housewives of potomac these ladies bring in it every week i'm new to them like i've said but it is they it feels like home it feels um it's it's so enjoyable i hope you guys are finding the same way if you were not watching it do not be scared come Come to the come to where come come to Flavor Town. That's what I'm saying. So this episode is called "Sip and See You Later" because Ashley is having a sip and see, which is I guess where you drink wine and see babies. Her baby. Uh, we last uh, episode Ashley was struggling with breastfeeding. Um, we had we left off with the dinner with Candace and Ashley fighting, with a to be continued. You know, so they're they're trying to repair their relationship. They were all brought together. You know, to see if they could mend fences and it wasn't really happening. And Candace felt very ganged up on, very attacked. Um, so we pick back up right there and it's like, apologies need to happen. Candace says, fuck all of you. Dr. Wendy asks, um, is it just Candace apologizing or are they going to apologize to each other? Cause that's a real big distinction. Cause right now it just seems that like Candace, the one that expected to apologize. Ashley, we <laughs> were reminded about all the tweets that Candace tweeted at and at Ashley calling her a wench, a roach that her husband is an overseer. We see a flashback of all of that. Dr. Wendy says everyone is forcing her to apologize. It's not the way to do it. You can't browbeat somebody into an apology. As much as I wish that you could, you just can't. 
So what these ladies are doing, even if they think their heart's in the right place, it's not really working. It's not the right way. Candace says, I'm not trying to engage in any kind of craziness right now. You know, uh, talking head, there is a way of create. Oh, uh, Candace, like in the talking heads, like there's a way of creating drama at these tables. <laughs> you know, it's like, it seems like this always happens. Robin says to Candace, you forget how you freaked out on her at the table. And, you know, it's that flashback of like <laughs> just craziness. And she tells Robin to shut the fuck up. Um, do you forget throwing a knife at her last year? And Monique says, come on, baby girl. Um, I got to say, I'm turning the tables on Candace. Oh yeah. I was like, this is like, I, I you know, I started really, I start, I really like Candace and I think she's really, really pretty, but I, I, I do got to say like, she does seem like a little bit of a loose cannon. Like, she's one of those people that seems like they're really nice, and then she does these, like, crazy things and, like, just gets activated so easily. So I can see the frustration. It's just that I'm new to the show, so I haven't really jumped on board, can like, hating Candace yet, but I can tell that it's, like, you know, when you're like, oh, no, I have a feeling I might not like you down the line, and I think that's... I, you know, I'm aware that that might be happening. Monique says she's turning because of Sharice and the, oh yeah, Monique's mad because like Sharice, Sharice was the one that spread the rumor about Monique uh, hooking up with her trainer, remember? And then uh, Candace is hanging out with Sharice and Monique's like, you know what's going on. Everybody knows. Um, Candace says, me and Sharice have always been good friends. Monique says, you know, I don't fuck with her. Even my husbands don't want to, even my husband don't want to fuck with her. Candace in a talking head says, I thought that was old news two years ago. What the fuck? Candace says, I, I just, I, I didn't know, you know, Ashley says, you know, Ashley's trying to like throw her two cents into this. Karen says, we got to stop it. It's not going to happen tonight. The apologies. I don't know why Monique and Giselle tried to do this. And Karen goes, I'm just going to enjoy my Chilean sea pass. I'm thinking about my fish. I love that. Ashley says, we can talk privately at, at another point. And Monique's like, I guess that's progress. That's something, right? Candace and I talking to it says, I asked if I, I would be peacefully received at this dinner. So who's on, who's gone bullshit? This whole motherfucking table's crazy. They said this wouldn't happen. Candace hugs Ashley at the end when they're leaving. And she goes, I really do want to have a conversation with you. Ashley says, that's a big step for you. Cameras rap shoot. Oh my God, this is so great. They're all of a sudden the screen's black. And we say, we see this, the, you know, uh, writing, lettering cameras rap shooting, but the audio keeps rolling because they're all mic'd up and you hear Candace and Monique and Monique's to Candace goes, I knew you were going to be mad at me. And Candace says, no, we are not friends. Back the fuck up. Get off me. Monique's like, I had to. And Candace's like, no, you did not. Um, you could have come to me at the party and asked there, th- th- there, ho, we got to talk about this off camera. And Candace goes, Monique is one way on camera and another way off camera. And that's not being a friend. That's being two-faced. So what she's saying is that, like, Monique brought this stuff up, which was just not cool and not being a friend. And then off mic, Monique, or off camera, Monique's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I had to do that. It's like, no, you didn't. Why did you do that? No, you didn't. Uh, Ashley and Michael and that baby, little Michael Jr., ugh. That poor baby. Like I told you last week, I just have bad feelings about that baby now. I'm just like, ooh, zikes. Because, you know, Michael Darby is not an attractive man. You know, even with the accent, the accent makes him like 5% more attractive. But the baby's like a little Michael Darby and doesn't really even have the accent to fall back on. So it's just like kind of a creepy baby. I love him. Like, it's kind of a creepy. Okay. I'm so sad. I just spoke for 20 minutes, you guys. And I realized it wasn't recording. And I was on fire. 
So here we go. God, this is like Sisyphus, like pushing a rock up a mountain. Okay, lean on everybody. It's a creepy baby. Creepy Michael Darby baby. So uh, let me go back to where I left off. So painful. Oh, I can't believe I... Oh, this sucks. Okay, so we're we're baby clothes shopping. Um, he's like, you look great. You're great in the... <laughs> Michael... Michael says he can't believe Candace is coming to the ship and sea. I can't believe Michael still wants to be on camera. That's wild. That's like a sign of a true narcissist because you know, you guys, he's like grabbed all these asses and everybody's like called him out and he still wants to be on camera. It's like crazy. Ashley says, it's nice to see her body again. And Michael goes, can you just finish up so we can fucking get back to work? It's like really like a snap. It's like really weird. Ashley goes, well, Michael still appreciates me on the outside. He hasn't been able to enjoy me on the inside. Vomit. That's disgusting. I do not need to know about anybody getting up in Ashley's insides. We find out that he started crying because he thought he hurt them when they first tried to have sex. And like, they can't do it yet. So like, you know, Michael in his head, he's like, this is prime grab ass time. She can't, she can't fulfill me sexually. I could get to grab 20 asses now. I have to say, Ashley is just a huge ball of light. She's just so, just full, full of light. I really like her a lot, but I don't get why she likes Michael. I just don't get it. Uh, she goes, as a wife, I want to strengthen that bond. I feel bad uh, about all of that. Now we're at Giselle's house. There's worker, workers working. Robin shows up. Uh, give me some love. Girl, come here. Giselle says, it's so hard to try to keep the secret that Juan is proposing. I imagine that does have to be hard. Um, Giselle says, it's really peaceful out here where I live. Robin asks how it's going with Jamal Bryant. How did we get here? She wants to know. Giselle says, well, when he moved to Atlanta, that was the shift. I saw all of it took... Uh, took for him to get the job as lead pastor and she's like that became very sexy he was trying to be senior pastor and it made him look at his own life and he didn't have the love of his life which she considers to be her and Giselle says he's always nicely dressed and Robin says well if that works for you and there's like he uh Jamal he he's dressed he's dressed like like a, a cross between like Michael Jackson when he was in his military phase and R. Kelly like it's a weird it's a little flashy, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a little, like, it's really well, it's, like, way better than how I dress, but it's still, like, a little, it has a little flair. I guess that's the word. I'm like, if, he dresses with a little flair. Uh, we find out that he's coming out to see Giselle for her birthday. She thinks she's not going to let him stay with them and the, with her and the girls because the girls are still weird, remember? They're, like, not used to seeing mommy and daddy together. Uh, they aren't feeling their dad as their boo, uh, as my boo, she says. She's like, I saw the parent trap. I thought all kids wanted their parents to be together. Uh, we see Dr. Wendy with her two kids and her husband. Um, they are about to give a language lesson to their sons, Carter and Cruz, in Igbo. That is the tribe in Nigeria that they are both from from uh we meet cameron the the new baby girl her husband is attorney um she is sipping champagne from a straw uh her mom comes in to teach Ebo. uh we learn how to say one two three in Ebo. carter kills the language but not Cruz. um we find out a little a little more about dr rob dr um wendy's story she came over when she was a toddler, and we find out that education is very important in their culture. Uh, the question usually in their tribe was whether you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. It's never a question. She has three masters and a PhD, professor at Johns Hopkins. Literally, what the fuck? Like, literally, what the fuck with people like that? We all know people like that. It's like you're extraterrestrials. I follow some people on Instagram that are, like, good at math. Like, this one girl is, like, an insane mathematician, and, like, I'm just always like, I don't know how to spell, can you? I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is, Jenny. 
<laughs> That's my Forrest Gump. I literally, like, I swear to God, like, I, I feel such like an idiot compared to Dr. Wendy and some people in my life. Like, if heaven exists, I know I'm going to get up there and God's going to be like, ah, uh, you could have tried harder. Like, you know, I didn't give you the smartest brain, but it just, I'll be like, are you mad at me, God? It'll be like, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Like, I'm like, should I leave? Like, I don't, like, my whole first day of heaven is going to be me apologizing. Like, well, I'm sorry. I don't know what I, I'm sorry. I should have worked harder. And he's just like, well, enjoy heaven, I guess, you know, just take a seat. You did a lot of that in your life. And I'll be like, God, why are you, what's up with the smart cracks? Like, that's so hurtful. Like, that's so, you made me. He's like, yeah, I thought I made you a little better than what you did. I'm like, why are you doing this? Uh, but anyways, like, that's just so impressive. I can't even spell John Hobson, Johns Hopkins or whatever. I can't even spell it. Like, literally, you should see my notes. It's, like, filled with misspellings. And, like, this, like, it's just so, it's just so crazy. Like, I'm doing a podcast, folks. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, she's letting us know. She's, like, speaking of how she, you know, came over as an immigrant. And she likes to speak up for the people who have been historically marginalized in this world, in this country. I mean, she even, she's just, her whole core of her being is dead on right. Um, Candace and Chris, we are with them. They are, uh, they're shopping for Chris's daughter. Daughters, we find out that Chris has three children from two different relationships. Dude. That to me is wild. That to me needs more focus right there. Um, Candace lets us, she's shopping for the bonus child, as she calls it. She says she was a bonus child and she knows how important it is to feel the love from the step parents. So she likes to create that bond with Chris's children. Candace says she might even consider getting a gift for Ashley, which would be huge. Now, T'Challa and Monique were back to them. Now, T'Challa, you guys, was flew away. Like, they were at T'Challa was actually lost. It was like heartbreaking. But T'Challa came back, the bird, and I was very happy. I didn't need that for 2020, just like be dog from Vanderbilt pump rules t'challa kicks dog's ass remember the lizard schwartz's lizard that died like into a month of having them just so weird she is literally teaching the bird how to poop on paper like what i don't know how to poop in a toilet and this this bird is pooping on paper like where this cast is so talented like i just i would be like well teach the bird to poop on paper or watch another show watch another show like what the talent this cast has um she yells at T'Challa because T'Challa is on her shoulder touching her hair. She's like, what did I tell you about touching black women's hair? Aren't you from Africa? It's cute. Karen is at the door. We get side hugs because remember, Karen Huger is very scared of T'Challa. She's like, why are you torturing me? Um, and then they're talking about that dinner. What did you think about that? And then there's like split scene with Candace and Chris, Karen and uh, Monique. And they're talking about the dinner. Um you know, we're talking about Sharice has been facilitating nasty rumors, and you know this. Candace says about Monique, she's a flip-flopper. When you get in, get her in front of an audience, she changes. Um, so now we're at Robin. Uh, her son Carter is sleeping. She's like, why are you so sleepy? Was Chuck E. Cheese lit? Dude, all these ladies are so funny. I want to have kids just so I can say lines like that. Now, Karen and Ray, we're a scene with them. Uh, Karen is doing business. Ray is just laying there. Um, remember, Karen and Ray are having a hard time with their relationship. Wendy is laying with uh, Cameron, and she's like, why? Uh, she She's uh, preparing to speak on MSNBC. She's even a political commentator on TV, folks. Her topic is, why is the president speaking against LeBron James? Six hours later, we see her on MSNBC. There is no contest, folks. She literally is doing the most. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, just amazing. Uh, Giselle is with her girls, Grace uh, and Angel. It's her birthday. 
and they're like, have we ever done a party with dad? And the girls are like, every year we do this, but this year it's on a boat. It's very special. We see Pastor Jamal Bryant. He has buttons everywhere. Uh, they're on the boat, and it's just awkward silence, folks. There's just awkward silence. The girls are looking back and forth. The parents are looking back, back and forth. Everyone is extremely awkward. Um, it's weird. He He's like, girls, I got you a surprise, special announcement. He lets um, the, he's like, Grace, you're the oldest sister. You got to open it. The three of you are partners in your own restaurant. And I guess there's this restaurant, Arizona, in Atlanta, and they're all partners in it. Like, that's so cool. He's like, yeah, now you can, like, make your own money and stuff. Like, that's that's an amazing gift. Like, that's that's not like, here's a DVD, you know? Like, that's huge. And Pastor Jamal's like, I don't feel the, uh, I don't feel the love, you know? I don't feel the love for you. Um, I don't feel the love from you with this gifts. It's still so awkward. The cake is brought out. Giselle says, this is my birthday, but it's definitely not a party. The girls go to the bathroom. Jamal goes, I hope you enjoyed your birthday. He asks, when is the last time you enjoyed your birthday? She goes, I have to be with you to enjoy my birthday? She's like, that's your job to make me happy every day of your life. He's like, yeah. So now we're at Ashley's. She's setting up for the sip and see. And she goes, we need to talk about the rules. Can people hold and kiss the baby? Ashley said she heard horror stories about kids getting herpes in their eyes. (laughs) Remember, Ashley is completely paranoid about like, life right now because that happens when you I guess have a baby you know people are arriving Michael is holding the baby Giselle gets there she kisses Michael on the cheek Giselle says I didn't think I would be in the Darby household anytime soon you got that right girl um she's like if I wash my hands can I hold the baby and uh Ashley's like yeah but we ask that you don't kiss the baby Monique gets there, sans, without T'Challa. She's wearing yellow. Ashley is wearing blue. All the ladies just, once again, just are so pretty on this show. Candace gets out of a car, we see. Monique says she doesn't know how to be friends right now. Robin says until everyone turns her back on her and ices her out, she'll learn then. They're talking about Candace. All of a sudden, Candace comes in. Uh, Ashley said for nobody to bring gifts, but she brings one. And Candace Ashley goes, oh, that's fine. Thank you. It's the thought. It's like so weird. Like, wouldn't you be a little nicer than that? Thank you. It's the thought, you know? Um, And Candace is hugging the ladies. The apartment is kind of a cool space. Candace is holding the baby and the baby spits up in uh, spits up. Ashley grabs him back. Candace says, Ashley, seeing Ashley with the baby gives her hope for her own baby journey. Karen walks in. Ashley uh, is uh, Ashley is really happy. She did this now. The sip and see, she's like really like having fun. Dr. Wendy comes in, Karen and Wendy, <laughs> Karen's like, they say hi immediately. And then Karen turns around and starts talking to a stranger all of a sudden. It is so weird. Karen has a real problem with Dr. Wendy. You love to see it. Uh, Sheila, Ashley's mother is there. Sharice is there. Sharice gets there, folks. She, d- she does this annoying knock. She's like... <laughs> it's like even her knock is thirsty. It's like weird. The fact they, they, I also think the fact that even though Monique knew Sharice would be there, it's still weird. It's like, why would you invite drama into this actual baby event? You know, I just feel like that's great reality television, but also makes me wonder about you as a human. Uh, Monique in a talking head says, I didn't really want to come here when I found Oompa Loompa Sharice was going to be here, but Ashley has been friends with her for a really long time before I even came around. Ashley says, thank you for coming today. But Candace, we were talking about you before you got here. We were talking behind your back. Candace says, that dinner was an ambush. Monique says, you want everything on your own terms. Candace says, my issue was with Ashley. Let's talk more about um, Dean in a talking head. I think that's, 
in regards to the trainer. Dr. Wendy uh, says Monique is not your friend to Candace. Or in a talking head says Monique is not your friend. Dr. Wendy asks Candace, do you consider everyone here your friend? Wendy goes, I'm your friend. Um, Candace says, you are a flip-flopper, Monique. I don't know if it's because you and Giselle are friends now. And everybody's like, oh, okay. It's okay. It's not Ashley anymore. It's Giselle. Like you're blaming just everybody cracks up. Candace and Wendy and Karen leave. Candace's like, I'm out. Karen says she's done. We need to respect that. Ashley goes after Candace. Robin says we weren't attacking her. We were trying to have a conversation. It kind of was attacking though. Giselle says she's a 30 year old and a 14, like she's a 30 year old, 14 year old, which I thought was funny. Um, Karen says she's not a child and it's disrespectful. Candace says, I don't want to do that. Oh yeah. So now we're outside Candace and Ashley and Candace said, I didn't want to do that in front of your baby. She tells Ashley, this problem is with you and me, not you and me and everyone. Giselle says, you and Sharice just used to be friends. Oh, Candace, Giselle says to Monique, you and Sharice used to be friends. And Monique goes, leave it alone, Giselle. Monique leaves. Everybody's leaving. Candace is crying outside, says Monique is on some other shit. Ashley says, I don't want to see you cry. Candace says, I never thought you would be comforting me with your lactating breasts. It's really cute. Can we talk about it now? Ashley says... Can we talk about it now, Ashley asked. Candace says, we need to find another time, you know, about their friendship and stuff. Um, Sharice says she has no... Oh, yeah. So then we're back up there, and they're talking to Sharice, and Sharice is like, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. Sharice says, I have no idea why we don't talk anymore. And Karen goes, I want more food. <laughs> and that's the end of this week's Real Housewives of Potomac. It really is a great show. I can't wait to see what happens next week. It is wall-to-wall drama. So that is the end of this episode of So Bad It's Good, episode 51, part two. Thank you for letting me try a little something different. I know we didn't have all the huge interviews this week, but you still got four and a half hours of content uh, broken up over two episodes. Please give my Patreon a shot if you haven't. Please uh, subscribe and rate it five stars if you like it. Tell a friend. Let's keep this growing. I really appreciate you guys. We'll be back to a normal schedule next week, I believe. Um, uh, It is just so hot. So I hope everybody is being safe out there. Uh, I really love you guys. I hope you have the best week. We are at the weekend. Take some time for yourself. Take some time for your family or actually just ignore your family if that makes you feel better. Uh, But I love you guys and thanks for being a part of this. Bye. We'll leave you with a sad song as I always like to do. Uh, This actually might give you a chuckle too because I remember when I was a little kid, I used to sing and dance and around to this song and I would pretend I was singing it to somebody that broke my heart I was a weird little kid (laughs) it's called Kissing a Fool by George Michael and I used to pretend that I was the guy singing to some girl that broke up with me like a little weirdo Uh, but I I used to love I still love George Michael rest in peace Uh, but here is one of my favorite favorite sad songs it's um it's called Kissing a Fool Stop.
Batches.